This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, October 21st, 2012. Parables, Weeds, or Wheat? When I was a kid, one of my household chores was pulling the weeds in the flower beds. I never enjoyed that job. Truth is, I hated it. I still do. I'm not sure why. Maybe it was the tedious nature of the work. Same thing over and over and over. Or maybe it was the fact that it was never ending. You know, there were always more weeds to pull. You never finished. One of the most challenging parts of the job was knowing what to pull and what not to pull. Being able to tell the weeds from the other plants. After a while, you knew what the weeds were, until you got to something you'd never seen before, something maybe with a flower on it, something like that, something that kind of blended in with the other plants. And you just weren't sure what was a weed and what wasn't. That's what we're going to consider today as we continue our series on the parables of Jesus. Today... Weed or wheat? Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for this glorious day. A day that you had in your mind's eye long ago. And that it is no accident that any one of us are here today. Open up our hearts so that we might receive your word, the word that you've intended for each one of us in a special and certain way, your word found in scripture. Lord, we thank you for the Bible and for the truth that it tells that you tell us through the Bible. And now help us take this and be transformed by it. We pray this in your most holy and precious name. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. All right, so how many of you had the job of weeding as a kid? How many of you disliked it? How many of you hated it? How many still hate it? All right, all right. We've got a connection this morning. I like that. That's good. Uh, So the reason for all this weed talk is because the parable we're focused on this morning is the parable of the... Weeds. Weeds. The parable of the weeds. So, as we've been saying the last three weeks, we've been in a study of parables, and a parable is a simple story that that shares a greater principle or truth. And that is true today of the parable of the weeds. Now, it's interesting where we find this story in the Bible. It's located right in the middle of what We've kind of coined the great trifecta of agricultural parables. You see, just before this parable of the weeds, we find the parable of the sower. 
Some of you might be familiar with that. If you're not, it's a story about soil. And some of the soil is good and rich soil that grows seed when it's planted. And then there's also soil that is hard as a rock where seed can't penetrate. And that soil does really represent our hearts. And so before the parable of the weeds, we have the parable of the sower. Now after the parable of the weeds, we have... A great parable where Jesus does this teaching and he begins by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. A mustard seed. We know that a mustard seed is just super tiny. I mean, it is just itty bitty. And a very small seed, that very small mustard seed, grows into a very strong plant. And what that parable teaches us is that God can take something small and do great things. Or God can take someone small and do great things. That is so encouraging, isn't it? Absolutely. So here we are, right in between these two parables. Jesus talks about weeds. And here's what Jesus shares. He says, um, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. As I was sharing in that video, now sometimes when you're pulling weeds, or at least when I was, if the weeds and the good stuff, flowers or bush plants or whatever, are kind of close together, especially flowers, it, sometimes it was hard for me to know what was the weed and what wasn't, especially if it was a flowering kind of weed. And so you had to be you're very careful, and that's what they're kind of pointing out here. It seems, uh, if we look at what William Barclay shares, he's a Bible scholar, he says that in that, in that area of the world, there's a, a plant called the bearded darnel. If you see these two pictures, on the left is the bearded darnel, and on the right is wheat. And if you notice, they're pretty similar, aren't they? And especially in the early stages, before it uh, uh, grains up there, uh, it, it resembles it so closely, it's hard to tell one from the other. You, you wouldn't want to be pulling it up because you might be wrong. Once they both produce seed head, seed, you know, you can tell them apart. But the problem is, by then, their roots have gotten so intertwined that to pull one up would mean pulling the other as well. Once harvested, the grain of one would be separated from the other. And the bearded darnel, that is um, slightly poisonous. And so, you know, if that got mixed in, it would cause drowsiness, it would cause sickness. There's a slightly narcotic effect. Well, that might feel good right now. But anyway, uh, just kidding. Tylenol's working. Uh, Bitter and unpleasant. 
in the taste of that uh, Darnell. You know, the separation is, was done laboriously after the threshing, after the wheat threshing. And the idea of this enemy um, purposefully planting bad seed in someone's field, I mean, that's what we read about, really isn't far-fetched because in some areas of the world, that still might happen. Now, back in putting it back in context, in, um, in the Roman law, such practice was forbidden. There would have been a price to pay. And so when Jesus shares this story, the people who were listening would have already been able to, to picture all this in their head and picture what he was talking about in terms of not separating the weed and the wheat until after harvest. Um, later on, Jesus left the crowd. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Don't you marvel at how the disciples, not to be mean or anything, not to be judgmental, but... They never quite get it. You know what I mean? Like The purpose of the parable is to make it simple. And so they come back later and say, Hey, what did you mean? <laughs> you know? So Jesus goes on to share with them what, what he meant. And here, here's what he says. He says, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. In other words, me. Uh, the field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the... Say it with me evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. That doesn't sound good, does it? No. Say the rest with me. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Okay, so once again, we have an interesting story, especially that part, I think, where, you know, if we understand the bearded Darnell and how closely that looks to the wheat and everything, but what's that got to do with us? Who, who planted wheat this week? So Frank up there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just Frank. And, and who was concerned about the weeds and the wheat and having to separate them out this week? You know, so, what, so what the world does this have to do with us? Well, let's take a look. One of the things that this parable teaches us, there's, you know, there's many, many layers of teaching here, but one thing that this parable teaches us is that we do, in fact, have an enemy in this world. There is an enemy in this world. We call this enemy a lot of different names, but it's the same enemy. You know, we call him the evil one. In the Old Testament, he's, you know, referred to as Beelzebub. We call him Satan. We call him the devil. But the enemy is real. The enemy is real. And waits and seeks and plans and desires and is constantly looking to destroy good seed. Constantly. And we are reminded that we're surrounded by two influences. One, which helps the good seed grow 
and flourish and produce fruit, and the other which destroys the good seed before it can produce any fruit at all. Two influences. Now we, if we claim Christ as our Savior, we should always seek to be that which helps the good seed grow, flourish, and bloom. That means supporting and loving on each other and and being a good witness for Christ. We must be forever and always guarded, constantly looking out for the weed seed in our own lives. I'm going to say that again. We need to constantly be looking out and on guard for the weed seed in each one of our own lives. Another thing that this parable teaches, and seems like the, um, perhaps one of the primary teaching is that, uh, especially in the early stages, it's not easy to distinguish the weed from the wheat. They look so much alike, it's hard to tell them apart. And you know, um, that's true for us as well. Uh, we are not called to distinguish weed from weed. We're not. We're called not to judge people, especially in the early stage. You know, we're oftentimes quick to jump to conclusions about someone, especially before we have all the facts. Sometimes we underestimate. Sometimes we overestimate. In the early stages of the wheat and the weed, you can't tell them apart. And later on, pulling out one destroys the other because they are so intertwined. And it's not until after the harvest that they are separated, they are judged. And, and here's the thing about this whole uh, <clears throat> harvest. We're not the harvester, are we, in the grand scheme of things? We're not the harvester. We're not the one that determines the wheat from the weed. And aren't you glad we aren't? I can't imagine having God's job of determining who the wheat and who the weed is. Because, you know, we don't see the whole picture, do we? And we don't know what lies ahead. We don't know what is coming in someone, and we also don't know fully what's happened in the past in somebody's life. We don't know what's going on inside. We don't know what's going on outside of people. And we especially, we don't get to see the heart, do we? God sees all this. We often think we do. We often think we do, but only God truly knows the person inside and out. That's not to say we shouldn't be careful and cautious, as Satan is always out to destroy us. But what it is to say is this, it's not our job to judge, is it? It's not our job to judge. We are not to judge. We're reminded of a teaching that uh, Jesus had on a hillside. It was, you know, a lot, a lot of people. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking a lot about some different aspects of Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount recently. We'd like to pull out right now Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Wow, if we just push the pause button right there, that's an awful lot to take in, isn't it? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's or sister's eye and pay no attention to the plank 
in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, Jesus says. You hypocrite. First, take out the plank of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, most of us don't have large farms these days. Most of us aren't farm. How many farmers are in the room? Okay, not too many. So the wheat and wheat, we kind of have to go to a different kind of a, to understand and kind of stretch a little bit here. But most of us, how many have a yard? Okay. Many of us have a yard, are familiar with that. You know, how easy is this? Use a kind of different but similar kind of... How easy is it just to sit in our yard and look across the fence into our neighbor's yard and assess what he or she should be doing or what they aren't doing? Yeah? You know, uh, while we overlook the overgrown weed-infested jungle around our own house. I mean, I gotta fess up. Barry got those shots at my house. I told you I hate the weed. Carrie loves the weed. Bye. Uh, I, I can't right uh, now. That's the problem. Whatever. Um, but I hate the weed. And the truth is, I just, you know how I said you're never finished? I just weeded that a couple weeks ago. It's never finished. That's why I hate that job. Now, it'd be great for me to sit back on my patio and look over my neighbor going, Look at that guy's yard. You know, he shouldn't. Mm -mm. Oh, boy, that wouldn't be right, would it? That'd be crazy. But how often do we do that? We sit in our yard and look across and make assessment as to what the neighbor ought to be doing. You know, how is it to offer judgment on, on all those around us saying what they should or shouldn't do to improve who they are and not, not take the time and effort to assess our own character and make the unnecessary adjustments that are called for when we make that assessment. Uh, you know, I love this scripture. It's just so tough. Jesus says, take the plank. He doesn't say split. He says a plank. I mean, a plank is a big honking piece of wood. Right, Tom? Planks are big, right? I'm not Tom works in wood. I'm not picking on him because he's he got a plank. It's because he works in wood. I'm glad you clarified that, Alan. Tom's so gone. Tom. Thanks a lot, Alan. You can talk about your weedy yard, but leave my planks alone here. Come on. Planks are big. Just take that big old honking plank out of your eye before you go to take that little speck of sawdust out of your brothers or sisters. And you know the truth is, <laughs> if, if if we took the time to take care of our own business, if we really took the time that it takes to take care of our own business, would we have any time left to be worried about what that guy's or gal's not doing or should be doing? Probably not, because we got plenty of stuff to do right at home, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's important to uh, look in the mirror. Well, another thing that this parable teaches us is that we're saying, well, we are not the judge, but the important thing to remember is that there is judgment. There is judgment. There is a day of reckoning, a day where what we've done 
and what we haven't done. What we've done and what we haven't done will be measured. We don't choose the day. We don't know when that day will hit. For some of us, I hope not, but it could be, for all of us, it could be any minute. We just don't know. There is judgment. There is a day of reckoning. But we are not the judge. We're not the one who has the final say. And we aren't the one whose expectations, uh, we don't have to live up to one another's expectations. It's not about you living up to my expectations, and it's not about me living up to yours. Thank goodness. What a mess it would be if it, everything that we did was based on living up to each other's expectations. Above all else, God will not be controlled by our expectations and our judgment. I want to say that again. God will not be controlled by our expectations and our judgment. We aren't God. A difference, uh, there's one difference, many differences between God and us. God never thinks he's us. Thank God. God is almighty. God alone is the judge of all. There's one more thing about this uh, from this parable that we need to address. Some we need to be aware of, some we make sure we don't overlook. And that's this, a weed will always be a weed. It isn't going to change. If it, dandelions are yellow, they flower... They don't necessarily look bad, but if the dandelion's a weed, right? It's never going to be a daffodil. A weed is a weed is a weed. And it isn't going to change. On the other hand, people do. People change. That's why it is so important for us to not do the weeding. That's why I'm thankful that God is doing the judging. Aren't we glad that we aren't judging each other? I mean, at the end, oh my heavens, that would be such a disaster. The important thing to know is that people change. It's Jesus that changes people. There's a scripture that we say a lot around here. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's say it together. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has come. People change thanks to Jesus. Many people in this room, right here, right now, look around. Look around at each other. Come on. All right. Myself included, many of us, we aren't the same person that we once were. We aren't the same person that we once were. And I know that I'm grateful that I am not being judged in who I was. But now, who I am in Christ. I think that we're grateful that our eternal judgment isn't being done by us. Grateful that we're not the judge. The thing to remember, though, we're not judged, but there is a judgment. There is a judgment. The weeds, and the scripture tells us, the weeds will be separated from the wheat. And there will be uh, 
crying and gnashing of teeth, right? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, and the thing is, when we think about the wheat and the weeds, none of us is pure wheat. We all have a little weediness about us, don't we? Scripture puts it this way, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned. We all are a little weedy. None of us is pure wheat. But here's the thing. Thanks to Jesus, our sin is forgiven. Thanks to Jesus, that weediness can be taken away. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we're asked Jesus into our lives, when we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, when we recognize that he lived and died and resurrected for your sins and mine, then we're not judged on what we did, but we're judged on what he did. Wow. Big difference. Thanks to the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have been made right with God. Thanks to Jesus, we are forgiven. Thanks to Jesus, as we just shared, we are a new creation. creation. Say it with me. We are a new, new creation. creation. Thanks to Jesus, we are wheat. And not weed. And that's all thanks to Jesus. As we close out today, some of you know Jesus. I don't mean, oh, I know his name and I know what it's... I mean, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of you, Jesus, you're walking with him. He's a part of your life. He, he is your Lord and Savior, Right? I would encourage you, when we close today, to, to share a prayer with Jesus, and it would be a thank you prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did to cover what I've done. Thank you, Jesus, that I can be wheat because you've taken away the weediness in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying so that I might live. If you don't know who Jesus is, I encourage you to take a few minutes today and have a conversation with him. And the conversation might go a little bit like this. It's called a sinner's prayer. We all are sinners, so it's a good prayer for all of us. Some have already said it. Some of you, this might be the first time. But the sinner's prayer goes something like this. It goes, Lord, I am a sinner. That's a tough thing to admit sometimes for the first time. But I'm going to tell you something. We're all sinners. Every single one of us. You're not going to surprise God with that, uh, with that statement. God, I'm a sinner. Oh, my goodness, I had no idea. Trust me, God knows. He's been waiting for this prayer for a long time. God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Because I recognize this wheat and weed thing. I need a Savior, and I can't save myself. None of us is capable of being our own salvation. 
Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't save myself. And from what I understand, Jesus, you are the one to save me. Please come into my life. Let's start a relationship so that I might get to know you better and know what it means to be connected to Jesus and the life that you offer. When you say that prayer, you're not going to instantly have a deep, 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 deep relationship. Which that's not how relationships work, is it? You're going to start a, start a relationship that over time is going to grow ever deeper and ever stronger and sharing your life with Jesus ever more fully day by day, minute by minute. I would encourage each of you to share a prayer with Jesus this morning, a prayer of thanks or a prayer of invitation. Thanks for being my Savior or an invitation to inviting Jesus to be Lord of your life. Lord of your life means, number one, the one to whom you turn for all things. Wheat, weeds, they will be separated. But thanks to Jesus, we're going to be on the wheat side, aren't we? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, I thank you for each one here. I thank you for the creation, the lives, and and what each one brings into this room today, the history that each of us has. I, I thank you for those who know your saving grace already, and I pray that you'll uh, just knock on the hearts of those who don't know Jesus yet. I, I would pray that today would be the day that we might open up, that we might share, that we might invite Jesus, come into my life, I need a Savior, and you're it. We praise you, we glorify you in the name of Christ, the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. You can pray in your seats, you can pray up front on your knees. If you want somebody to pray with, we got some people back in the prayer corner, they would just love to share a prayer with you today. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.